So it's, again, what are your goals? Mm. At my age at 60, I still have goals. You know, what do I want to spend the rest of my life on or this next season of life? And a lot of times when we look at what we want in the future, it's what maybe, at, at least at 60, what I've neglected in the past. Welcome to the Bear Essentials Podcast, a health and wellness community where we chat about life's different topics ranging from food, relationships, faith, goals, fitness, and so much more. And we'll also be interviewing people from different fields to expand our minds. Good morning, ladies. Hello. Fantastic. So today uh, we have a special guest. You know, so in our little intro, we talk about how we're interviewing random people. And mm-hmm. today we are going to interview one of those random people. Well, I guess she's not so random. Not too random, but she's definitely special. She is very special. She <laughs> is my mother. Yay! So, you know, we thought it would be interesting to have her on because as I've made more friends and the older I've gotten, the more I've met more people. And I find that it's pretty rare to have like a good, healthy relationship with your mom. Mm-hmm. And that most people don't really have a healthy relationship. And it almost usually kind of comes up awkwardly mm-hmm. early on, especially when my mom and I are together and we're doing something or if we're a field trip or shopping. And they're like, I don't know how you do it. Is that your mom? Oh, my gosh. I wish my mom. There's always like this kind of like awkward I, m- countless times my mom and I have been together and it's, you know, it's pretty young. Un- we don't know what to say. Like, wow, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, my mom's here. She's tight. Yeah. So. We thought it'd be interesting to have her on, ask her some questions and see what makes her so unique and so different than the other grandmas, you know, or moms in her generation that she's so active in my life. Mm -hmm. Whereas we find more often they, people don't have that same type of relationship. And I know that you're really close with your mom too. Mm -hmm. So I thought this would be a good. Maybe someday we'll have her. Oh, for sure. (laughs) She'd be so much fun. She's cute. So why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, mom? Well, uh, my name is Lisa, and I'm 60 years old, and I'm known as Jidda, which is Arabic for grandma. I don't go by grandma, and uh, that's because I'm married to an Arabic man, which is a Christian, and uh, we've been married for almost 17 years, and we have four grandsons, which I'm very active with. I retired five years ago, and I really wanted to leave a stressful teaching job to jump in and be more active um, in my faith and with my family. I had noticed that for over 25 years, I'd spent the bulk of my energy and my time uh, taking care of other children where I hadn't invested the time and the effort in my own children and now, of course, grandchildren. So that's the journey I'm on right now. I'm pretty passionate about kids in general. I just have been... Uh, and re-enlivened for even in my church dealing with the children and wanting to be with the children and even in the, the teenagers which I taught seventh, seventh and eighth grade so I love that age group also so all the way from babies and up that's my passion and that's where I'm at right now cool yeah that's pretty cool I will say she's definitely amazing with the kids it's cool because I, I homeschool the boys and um, I mean really only two of them are old enough for like school but She's a huge supporter of my homeschool situation, which is pretty rare, mm-hmm. especially because she came out of the school system. And um, so it's pretty it's been pretty fun to have her 
encourage me to teach my kids in a way that's almost completely different than what you find in the public school system. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that this is the platform for us to talk about like what's wrong with the public school system because we could have a whole podcast on that. But I will say more times than not, people are pretty surprised that she's um, okay with and, you know, and then they're even more surprised when it's not that she's just okay. She's a diehard supporter of me homeschooling and not putting them in public school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's always been pretty cool. So um, from your perspective, mom or Lisa, what is, um, you know, as far as like hindsight, right? Because obviously my sister and I, we both went to school. My mom was a working single mom. And um, what is like, what is something that you see and you hope to see, I guess I should moving forward with, with the boys getting older and us not and having the ability to homeschool and I'm not you know I don't have to go to work um what's something that you really hope to see transferred that you weren't able to do because you did have to go to work in the your grandkids lives well I would I would definitely say enjoy the season of time that you have you have a wide range of boys like you said you have a sixth grader all the way down to a baby so you have lots of age uh difference there and seasons to enjoy simultaneously mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I would I would really it's really about stopping and smelling the roses I think that in our 30s and our 40s we're still striving to succeed and whether it's a career or college or whatever you're trying to do build a business a marriage um, a lot of work and effort going into those things and then starting a family um, we tend to lose sight that these are individuals you know and I think from a grandparent's point of view, I can look at these boys and see them as the individual human human beings that they are and appreciate their different personalities and really take time to look at them. I love looking at their eyes and just their facial expressions and just taking the time. And really, I dedicate this to every grandparent out there that's spending the time with their grandkids. You know what I'm talking about. Mm. It's just those little moments where you're taking a little walk with them even down the street and they pick up a flower or a piece of grass or they're looking at a stick, you know, any little thing. And you're just mesmerized by that moment. It's like you're encapsulated outside of time. And it's so refreshing to be outside that rush. You know, this world is so divisive. It divides, divides our age groups up. It divides older people from middle-aged people, from youth, from teens, from children. Really, we're one big family. You know, we're a tribe. And um, your extended family is so important. And I and I did have my parents help me, but really just kind of for babysitting. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think um, there was enough storytelling or involvement by my parents with my daughters as individuals. You know, it's more mm-hmm. like, hey, could you watch the kids tonight? And they were glad to do so, and they were helpful. And they helped monetarily and everything else. I'm not saying they didn't help, but the level that I'm in in life with my grandchildren is a whole nother level but that also speaks of the level that i have with my daughter here and my hopefully a little bit more with my other daughter is that i have a friendship as well as a mother-daughter relationship and so there's not any topics that we haven't discussed and that goes into past topics where there's been hurts and pains and we've worked through a lot of those and if there's any more that pop up we are working through each one of those as they surface And it's an ongoing, evolving relationship. But because I have a dynamic, multi-leveled relationship with you, Audrey, and I wish for every grandmother to have or mother to have with their children, and I encourage you guys as future moms Mm -hmm. and mothers to try to have those 
you know, those multi-level relationships. Mm-hmm. And that comes with time and maturity. Like, Audrey, you have a 12-year-old. He's getting to where, you know, you have you can see that you can have fun with him. You know, it's kind of shifts. I'm not saying be friends with your parent and stop parenting. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that there are different levels. If you have a close, cha- evolving, growing, maturing relationship with one another and an honest, open relationship with one another, and, and we're very verbal in our, our family, so that's another advan- advantage. I think communication is vital, mm-hmm. very vital to be open and get it out and not have offenses build, you know, or hurts build inside. So even as little children, they have a voice. And, and so I really am enjoying this time. And I think the reason is is because when I left teaching, I said all this effort that I put forth, and I really did, I put forth effort as a teacher I loved doing it you know it was not an easy job but I enjoyed doing it and I put forth my time my effort my love which I hope everybody does whatever career Mm -hmm. right but it was time to leave with my head held high and not burnt out so I left at a good time and um, monetarily it was a loss but time Mm -hmm. time for me to do the inner work I needed to do to get to a good wellness place to jump in to help with homeschooling and to just participate in my grandkids' lives. It didn't happen automatically. When I first retired, it took a couple of years, you know, for me to get, I was floundering, you know, after being in education for so long and being a professional. But, you know, after a while, you you know, you start figuring out, oh, what, where, do, where does my passion go now? You know, where does my energy go now? And, and, and it was directed, I think, by God, you know, well, put it in to the very people you had to leave to go to your career. Put it into your daughters. Put it into your grandkids. And so I'm blessed to have two younger ones now. You know, we had the two older ones, and then six, seven years passed, and then my daughter Audrey here had two more. And so it's just another new beginning. It's a new beginning. And it really keeps me very young and very alive. And I think that's important because age is really a mindset. Yes, yes, we deal with the pains of the body, but, you know, that's where the health and the wellness come in, that you've got to take care of yourself. But a lot of it's in the mind. You know, if you think you're old and you're always complaining about, oh, this hurts and I'm tired and stuff like that, you're going to live that way. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to go like, no, this is a new day and I'm going to get up and I'm going to, like my grandson said good night horsey last night <laughs> that's because why i was uh, six years old i was on the floor given you know the almost four-year-old a horsey ride you know yeah and so it was good night horsey and i said no my name is jidda <laughs> please that's don't cute. get that confused that's cute so then you know it's 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 interesting to hear how our relationship has developed from mom daughter you know and it being very specific which like what you know like what you were saying about like me and dylan my oldest and it being more you know, the seasons will start to change and we've started to see, you know, we've seen some of that transitioning period where it's like, no, he has an opinion. We need to start respecting his opinion. Mm -hmm. So what would you say with regards to say, you know, I'm thinking about like Hokabed, you know, you don't have any kids Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, thinking about like, yes, Yes. I can't wait. (laughs) Um, but redefining, you know, like a healthy way to redefine your relationship with like your mom, to redefine your, the mother-daughter relationship. So it has more depth and it goes beyond like the, you know, the kind of mother-daughter specifically. And it actually branches into more of a 
friendship where you develop a different kind of trust. It's no longer about provision. It's no longer about, um, you know, like, you know, what comes naturally to the parent-child relationship, but more what comes to, like, the relationship amongst friends and close friends where you there's a loyalty, there's a trust there that you can bridge into, you know, maybe unsafe or what would be almost, you know, more friendship conversations. Like, what would you say to, say, you know, the women out there that, like I said, when we first started, that don't really have a really friend, they don't have a friendship with their moms. Like, what would you say from, like, the mother's perspective that the daughter could do to try to bridge that to make it more of a friendship? Well, definitely, I would say um, you've been very inviting. You know, I, one thing for sure, I don't meddle in your life. I follow the rules of the house. I respect it. I don't come over uninvited. So, you know, having healthy boundaries on both sides. And that's speaking from my side as the parent. Um, that's something that has to be dealt with as the grandparent. The grandparent has to understand that their adult children have their own lives and they have the rules for their grandchildren to follow. And that doesn't mean not having discussions, which you welcome me to participate and my son-in-law welcomes me to participate but that was earned by trust as i came in to help and one of the things is serving you know i love helping to clean do dishes so inviting the grandparent in um to a, a spot in your life okay rather than just here's the kids babysit Mm-hmm. You know, something maybe you can all do. Maybe it's some crafts that you can do or a camping trip. We go camping together. Just anything that would bond, you know, a beach trip or whatever. So, or really, you need, it need to do it on some kind of regular basis. You know, so what can you do game night, you know? Anything to get the, all the personalities at the table. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what would you say in the sense with, like, say there aren't grandkids yet. Okay. What would you recommend for like the mother daughter trying to connect on a friendship level when there really aren't kids? Because the kids really do help with almost thrusting you into more of a relationship. Whereas when you're just an adult child, right, mm-hmm. and what would be eventually a grandparent, but not yet, you know, you're 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 able to kind of have some anonymity from each other, you know, and whether that's like an estrangement because you're still, you, you know, the parent no longer knows where they fit in in their adult child's life. Mm. So the kids naturally, you know, lend itself to more of a friendship, mm-hmm. you know, as long as the, you know, the the daughter is willing to have, you know, ask for help. And I know that's a part of a thing, you know, it's like making sure that you don't feel like you have to do it all by yourself, you know. And when we've had conversations with, you know, these, the daughters out there that don't have a good relationship with their mom, typically it's not a relationship where they're willing to ask for help. Now it comes out in conversation with everybody else that they're bitter, you know, that their mom's not really in the picture. But I'm just wondering, like now, fast forward, Dylan's 12. You know, I remember when you were still working, when we had Dylan and Ryan, um, and we didn't have Levi and Liam, and you were working. And there was a good probably, I want to say half a year, maybe nine months, where we were actually, we moved back in with you guys because we we short-sailed our house. Like that's at the peak of the market. And um, I remember it was like, I, the two kids were little and you were working and you came home and you went to bed. I mean, Irma's did too, you know what I mean? So it wasn't like, but it was, it's that our relationship initially when I had kids is completely different from what our relationship is now. 
So I guess before you have kids, because, you know, you can have, it can also bring in more tension when you have kids. And here's the new mom trying to change the diaper. And you have, you know, the grandma coming in telling them they're doing it wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So I've met lots of people where there's that kind of wall where they, since there isn't already a friendship developed, they're almost offended when the grandma tries to come into the picture to almost, you know, to help. It comes off as more offensive than it does helpful. And I'm laughing because Levi just walked into the... I'm going to do it too. Say Say hi to everybody. Say Say hello. (laughs) Okay, get out of here. So what would you say, you know, as almost a precursor before, you know, mom's, you know, or the daughter, the adult child, before the adult child has children, what would you tell the... How would you kind of help their relationship develop into a friendship before there's kids involved? Well, that's kind of hard because kids are involved right now. (laughs) (laughs) But um, definitely, you mentioned some things about the working. And when I was working, I didn't have the time. I did eventually come downstairs. I did go home and went up and rested and then came back down. And I remember our house, we had a large house at the time. And I had everything so perfect. You know, I even had my dining room table set for no one just set like one of those pictures in the magazines and when they were gonna yeah like a museum (laughs) exactly and then when they were gonna live with us I had to deal with that like oh my house Mm -hmm. and I really had to deal with this like oh my gosh what is more important Lisa their house or these your kids Mm -hmm. being in close proximity and I'm so thankful for that time even Mm -hmm. though I was working and I didn't have um, the, the time that I have now and the house, well, it was going to get dinged, and it was going to get banged, and it was going to get scraped. Oh, well. Yeah. You know. Um, now, with my other daughter that's mar- not married, we do have coffee. It's a little t- tougher. She's a teacher, so we have a lot of that in common. So I guess find the commonality and really get to know the individual. I think I appreciate both my daughters for who they are as people. That was the starting point for me. Is And I started doing that as a teacher in the classroom. I had really start to try to realize those students as individual people, not just these are my students, Mm -hmm. these are kids, you know, that's the troublemaker, that's the quiet one, Mm -hmm. that's the one always, you're not pigeonholing them, just Mm -hmm. trying to really um, sit back kind of and get to know them as individual human beings, Mm -hmm. wonderful people. Mm -hmm. And so that's the beginning, you know, as my daughters grew up, they had to start learning who I was who I am you know and I'm ever changing too we're all changing and so as we're growing as individuals and maturing and blossoming I like to say um we get we get to get to know each other over and over again so I guess be mindful of our 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 individuality and what we can bring to the table and so if you can find a spot for that person to help you, give you advice, um, go to the store with you, anything, shopping, doing an art project, invite them in as you would a friend. Mm -hmm. I think a lot, and I don't have a a culture, and that was another thing. My husband comes from where family is very important in the Arabic culture. And I know there's cultures out there where family is very involved with one another, cousins and aunts and uncles. But with my life, um, I didn't have that. And so we sought out outside friends. And so friends were the big deal. So to me, part of this discovery process is family. Mm. So maybe there's some um, 
people out there that relate to what I'm talking about. They don't have a culture, so to speak, that that includes like extended family members everywhere, right? I remember yeah. when I married Galen, I'm like, your second cousin from your third cousin who? You know, <laughs> and I'm like, what? I, don't, I think I have one first cousin, you know? So, and that we rarely see. Mm-hmm. So it's really redirecting my life back into the importance of, well, what family I do have, am I investing my time and effort in them, getting to know them on a level of friendship and getting to glean from what they can offer to my life, whether they're a one-year-old Liam, you know, or my 89-year-old mom, which again, that's a whole nother evolving relationship now that she's living with us. And people my age now have their elderly parents to also deal with. And that can quickly become, well, that's just another kid to take care of. You know, I've got to change your diaper and all this kind of stuff. Or it can be an enrichment again to your life. You know, I mean, she gives me advice sometimes that I still need, you know. So I think it's just life is ever changing and exciting and wonderful. It is going to be harder if if you're working, if people are working, because that's going to take the energy out. But you do have weekends, you have days off, make the most of them. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people my age going camping without kids. They have their little dogs and that's cool. But whenever I see them, like, I don't want that. I want to go camping with my kids, you know, and my grandkids. That's what I want. So it's, again, what are your goals? Mm. At my age at 60, I still have goals. You know, what do I want to spend the rest of my life on or this next season of life? And a lot of times when we look at what we want in the future, it's what maybe, at at least at 60, what I've neglected in the past. That's a driving force in what I want in the future. You know, what I lacked in the past. I lacked time with my kids and grandkids. So, you know, obviously that's cool. I had a career and enjoyed it. But now I'm going to get that back. And I'm going to get it in a very enriched way. That's a really good segue into our next question, which is, do you still dream dreams? And what are your goals? Well, personally, I think being the age I am, has lots of opportunities. Um, I do uh, swim aerobics and I'm doing yoga now and I'm doing a lot of healthy things. I'm doing a sound therapy class. I'm doing my doTERRA oils. I I love that. I'm eating healthy. I do my nutrients. Um, So all those things about being healthy personally um, is important to me because I feel I have just as much need to be lively and full of life for this part of my life as I did in my 20s. Mm, that's good. Even more so, you're ever you're more mindful of everything now. You know, you have wisdom. You get wisdom through living on this earth. Okay? You know, so I'm I'm mindful of my health and I want to be here for 90 100 years old, but I want to be a healthy, you know, mm-hmm. 60 you 70. Thrive. I want to thrive. Yeah. And not only for me but for my family again, if my driving force is my grandchildren and I have a one-year-old, okay, what does that speak to me at 60, you know? I, am I going to still be horsey at 70, <laughs> you know? I've got some exercise instructors that are going on 70, and let me tell you, they are very fit, and that's definitely one goal. And so the end game for me being healthy, I think, isn't so much of a selfish, like, I want to be healthy and beautiful, which is, that's cool. It's because I want to be active in my big picture which is my family Mm -hmm. which is my grandkids Mm -hmm. you know 
when Dylan's 20, 30, 40, you know, we, and we do talk about life and death. I do talk about that with Dylan. And, you know, he's expecting in his mind that I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. It's very touching. We have our conversations, but he, in his mind, doesn't see any reason why I wouldn't be there in 30 years or 20 years. Yeah. That's awesome. It's got to be pretty cool. Yeah. Like from, I mean, it, I know your story, but you know, those listening might not know that you've come, you know, you've gone through a lot to get to where you are, to where you're still willing to fight for your health, your wellness, to advocate for your family, to be a, a you know, a major key player in the family and the kind of glue that keeps everybody together. You know, what are some things that you would encourage others, like some practical tips that you would give people who are kind of in that limbo place where they're still finding their niche with either, you know, their adult children or, you know, even their grandkids? Because I know it's a whole nother topic of, you know, the the adult children who are, you know, like the guys the and their mother and where their mother, like the mother-in-law basically and where she fits in. Mm. You know, and kind of navigating that relationship as far as, you know, you have a great relationship with, with Ermis, my husband. And, you know, we also find a lot of times that that's pretty rare, too, to have such a healthy relationship. And I do agree. I think a huge part of that is because you respect Ermis's boundaries, you know, and as the head of the house, the man, you know, it's pretty important that, you know, you even if maybe at times you don't agree. I mean, I don't either, but to at least acknowledge where he's coming from, you know, and be able to meet him and be like, all right, all right, and kind of back off on things because, you know, obviously the listeners listeners don't know that you and I have very similar personalities. We're very outspoken. We're very opinionated, you know, and for you to ride that line and not disrespect, um, it's, it's a skill that you have worked on over the years. So what would you, what are some tea ki- key tips, tea, key, <laughs> key, yeah, key tips. Key tips. Thank you, Hoka. Not Q-tips. <laughs> Q-tips, yes. <laughs> what are some Q-tips that you would give to people um, to kind of help them further practice that skill or m- kind of master that skill so that way navigating, you know, going from the adult-child relationship into more of a friendship and then also respecting the boundaries of, you know, the married spouse? Like, what are some practical tips that you think you could you would encourage people? Well, I think this not to be, you know, not to be cliche, but to be a lifelong learner. And to know that you don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I can learn from everybody. I learned from my students as a teacher. And when you show interest to somebody like Ermis is really into cars. I'm not. But I'll ask him questions about it. And he's very knowledgeable. And so showing interest and learning about different topics that people are passionate about. Um, also knowing your boundary. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to give advice. I don't have to always be the right one. You don't have to always play that parent role. And that's, again, that's that multi-leveled um, relationship. You know, he's my son. I call him, he's my son-in-law, but he's my son. Mm-hmm. So that was the beginning, is that I, whoever is going to marry my daughters was going to be my son. In other words, no, I'm not stealing him. He has a beautiful, wonderful mother that I love. But I'm going to treat him as if he was my own son, mm-hmm. okay? And so with that... I didn't have sons. I had two daughters. I had to learn that. I had to ask the Lord to help me. I want to learn how to love him as a son. So when you love somebody, well, love doesn't demand something out of somebody else. You know, it's really serving. It's really giving. And, um, and it takes time. You have to allow people to trust you. You know, you have to grow. And um, it, again, it, t- it takes time. It's a relationship building. 
And so now I we're in a good place where he trusts me. I'm invited to go on camping trips and all kinds of trips and stuff with you guys. He loves my husband and we're a good solid ground. But I'm not gonna tell I'm not gonna lie, it takes work. Mm-hmm. And it has to it takes standing back, you know, not always being in the forefront, you know? And that means being quiet. That yeah. to me it was hard, but it means stand back and let Audrey and Ermis lead or let Ermis, my son, lead let them lead Mm -hmm. but it's also the relationships with the grandsons i don't always have to be telling them well you should do this or don't do that you know stop and let them talk back so listening is huge yeah and i think as an outsider's perspective when i you know like looking at you guys as family as a whole you guys definitely have an amazing i see the relationship that you have with the grandkids i see the relationship that you have with audrey and um, and ermis and your husband and i think you guys are like hashtag goals. You know what I mean? Like it just, it, it works really well. There's respect, there's communication. And I think you guys have a really good example, you know, for, for me, you know, who's someone who doesn't have a family yet, but knows that that's something that I desire. Um, and as well as, as other people watching you guys, I think you guys have something really good. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely think that, I mean, maybe, maybe it sounds glorious via the (laughs) podcast or whatever, but it's definitely, you know, it's, it gets a give and take. Right. Like you can tell that there's been thought and effort into it. Not that you guys just established this overnight and it's it's rainbows and butterflies, but that you guys have really taken time to <laughs> to learn to do to be your best in, in your roles and just being there for one another and, and love. So I, I, I definitely see that as an outsider. Yeah, I think um, when you decide what you're passionate about and what you really care about, you're going to put effort in whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty common sense mm-hmm. well, you know it's common sense and and that's what I chose to put my effort in and all I'm saying to everybody is it's worthwhile to put your effort into people always mm-hmm. whether it's your job or your ministry mm-hmm. but not to neglect the family as as your ministry also yeah you know not to neglect that as as is able that they're able to enrich me just as much as a bunch of friends mm-hmm. so I'm blessed in that definitely yeah, I was going to say, too, that uh, <laughs> I just ran back in <laughs> from leaving the room. Whew, Multitasking. To take You're Levi back to his Batman movie. Woo! I'm out of breath. I swear I work out. Um, I was going to say that, uh, to piggyback on what you guys were saying. <laughs> I'm out of breath. <laughs> um, you know, it all comes down to a choice. You know, and basically, my mom and I decided a long time ago that we were going <laughs> excuse me <laughs> i'm joking i'm just getting choked up um you know we decided to become friends it really comes down to a decision yeah. and i think we both realized that uh, we both needed each other more that we needed to do this alone or i needed her more in my life than i did to you know prove to the world that i was strong enough to do by myself mm-hmm. but i will say you know like mom do you or lisa do you have any questions that you would ask you know from the grandparent slash parent to like say the two daughters sitting at the table with their whole lives ahead of them. Do you have questions that you would have, that you wish that you could ask or that maybe Hoka's mom would ask or other moms or grandparents out there that would ask, but they don't have the comfortable parameters within their relationship to feel good enough to ask those questions that maybe Hoka bed and I can enlighten you and, or maybe your generation for questions that you guys have. 
Well, I would probably, we would probably, if I could speak on all of our behalf, we would probably want to know what you need from your parents as you're getting into your 30s, you know, and um, if you would even be interested in that another level of relationship. Um, Because I don't know what the perception is. A lot of times there's wrong perceptions like, oh, they're busy or they're retired. I know I've heard it from Audrey. Oh, she's probably too tired. Oh, you already dealt with the kids earlier this week. You probably don't want to see them again. You know, there's a lot of those things that may not be true. Um, and that, and then we have to come to terms. We, as the grandparents or the older people, we have to come to terms. Well, what is my limit? What, what do I need? We have to be honest, you know, uh, cause a lot of times I think I can do more, you know, but there is a, a point where I get uh, like, I'm going to go to bed. I'm tired. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, those, having those conversations, but we want to know where, where would you like us to fit in? You know, I know I come over here and I just see dishes, so I'm going to do dishes. Not that there's always dishes. Sometimes yeah. she gets ahead of me. and There are not. always dishes. <laughs> but I just started doing them, and I know this, she would tell me, Audrey would tell me, stop, Mom, you don't have to do the dishes. Why are you always doing the dishes? But I just felt like, well, this is something I could do. If that's okay. And she goes, well, okay. If you really are enjoying it, it's not this, you know, you're not going to come back and tell me, oh, my God, this is such a burden. You know, you're not going to guilt trip me later. You know, there's got to be that trustworthiness. Like, I'm not going to do your dishes and then later go, oh, my gosh, I did your dishes or your house is a mess or anything like that. But it's just I really want to do your dishes rather than just sitting here. I'd rather do something to help the household. You know, we need to know, is that okay? So I would ask my people, go and ask, how can I help? What can I do? What do you need? If you just want me sitting here with the baby and playing on the floor with the baby. And so Audrey has become a lot better with verbalizing now that she knows it's like, my mom wants to do something. Mm -hmm. So that was clearly understood. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to just sit. She's willing to do when she's here. What do you want me to do? Okay, mom, you're going to help me organize this. Or mom, just play with it. Can you just play with the baby right now? And that's fine. So having those open, honest communication now. And for the grandmas, say, ask them, what, what can I do? Where can I fit in? I want to spend more time with you. And then this is something I had to learn. Be consistent. I have to be consistent. You know, I was inconsistent for a while. And that caused problems with her going to work because I'd say, okay, I'm going to be there at 830 and oh, I forgot, or I didn't put on my calendar. And then, so I made it to where, like, no. If I said I was going to be over and I was going to participate at this level with the family, it is just like going to work. You know, I have to take it. If that was as serious as I took it when I went as a school teacher in the morning early to my classroom, then I have to put that much effort and care into scheduling or anything we put on the calendar, if it's a field trip or anything. I have to have just that much care. And I think that's that could be maybe a problem for my age group. Or just a problem for our personality types. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> Mom and I have done some personality tests, and obviously I'm going to mark get some marks on the same personality as hers. And lack of organization is a key characteristic for our personality. So. Well, that's, a, that's really a good cue is to get that Strength Finders 2.0 book, and that would be nice for a mom and a daughter to do or... You know, because you get to realize what your giftings are. And so even the things that irritate you, you're like, oh, that's why she's that way. Yes. Right. And then you can appreciate it's really meant for people to work together. Yeah. So speaking of work, we'll take a we'll deviate from like the 
parent, grandparent. Let's talk about Lisa as like the professional, right? Because you've went from like being in school and having kids and, you know, thrusting yourself into the career field, working a solid, stable career, transitioning out of that, which I think for the most part, everybody would agree with that being a very difficult season, whether you're a, a young mom doing it, whether you don't have any kids, but you just are in that place where you don't feel like this career is the right fit, even though you thought it was, you know, so what would you say now that you are in, you are older, you're a wiser, right? You have that almost hindsight, that perspective, like of knowing, like you've said so far on the podcast, like, you know what the real true priority of life is, right? It's not work. It's not this and this and that, right? It's the family. It's the time together. It's that life is short. So what would you say to people out there kind of struggling with finding what their niche is, finding what their passion is, feeling restless, like we've talked about this, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of sense of restlessness that comes with not feeling almost satisfied with what you're doing, whether it's a career, you know, whatever it is, what would you say to that in the next, you know, like the younger generation? Well, I would definitely ask why. You have to go down to the why. Um, because even when you're in a career, you can be dissatisfied you know, at the, w at the level of your work ethic, like I'm not doing enough, you know, I'm not doing it as perfect as I should, the class didn't run as well. We are such self-criticizers, you know. Why are you restless? You know, what, again, there's a lot of, of women your age that are choosing to stay home with children and that was in my time. Some did, but it was really we all were going to get careers, you know, because our mothers, you know, they were stay at home or they were part timers, you know. So I was just, we were women's lib. We're going to be these career women. And at any given time, you're still self-criticizing yourself. You're always evaluating yourself. You're always restless. So we have to really ask ourselves, why? Why am I never satisfied I don't think it has anything to do with whether you're a stay-at-home mom or your career mom. Why aren't you satisfied? How many days do we have in either or both when we're just saying, today was just a really great day and I did the best that I could and it, was, it, went, it went well, you know? Yeah. So that's really an inner question and I think that's where we have to seek our inner peace, whether it's through your faith or through meditation or whatever you need to do. You need to have that time of self-care so that you can settle yourself down, okay? And just know that you are okay. You're a good person. You're doing the best that you can, you know? And I think that's what we don't do enough. We don't do enough self-care. Hokabed, do you do enough self-care? I mean, I think there's... <laughs> Long <laughs> pause. I'm going to go with new. No. I think as of... You know, as of lately, I try my very best to make that something at the forefront of my life because I, I know what it's like to not have to not have made time for it and then to have made time for it. And I can definitely see the difference. Obviously, I'm a better. I can I can show up better when I do take care of myself first. Do you think that like when you took more time for self-care compared to times when you haven't, did you find that? it helped with the aspects of your life that maybe you were restless in, you know, or that you weren't, you weren't necessarily fully satisfied or the areas of your life where you're unsure. Do you find that the self-care kind of balances out that uneasiness? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for me, this, uh, this is my experience, but when I do take care of myself and try to have my own peace and quiet and 
time for prayer and thoughts and just re- trying to, you know, realign with like what I find, you know, like what my purpose in life is and where I want to invest my energy and what my values are. Regardless of the outside situations, like my job didn't change or my you know, financial situation didn't change, my house didn't change, like all of those things are kind of the same. But I know that my mindset, when that is either good or bad, I, I enter those different areas of life a whole, a whole different way. So I think that's what's made me realize is that for me personally, I feel like I can do anything. I can, I can do, I can have different tasks throughout the day, but it's going to go differently depending on what mindset I choose for that day. And whether if I have time to take care of myself and just really, you know, pump myself up, believe in myself or, um, you know, just just speak well into the rest of my life, then it usually goes well. It doesn't go perfect, but it goes a lot better, and I can I can still thrive through it. So, yeah, definitely self care is something that I'm a big advocate for. Something it's something that I need to continue to do more, and I wish other people would do it more. Um, but yeah, to me, it's it's all mindset. So your self care is typically more quiet. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. I just I get. I get energized again by being by myself. It's hard for me to kind of concentrate when with a lot of noise and whether that be with people or just literal noise, I, I just do better a lot by myself. It just works for me. Hmm. And I understand it's different for other people. So, um, but yeah, that's what works for me. That's pretty cool. What about you? Oh yeah. No noise. The you louder, the noise? better. Yeah, oh, for no, sure. No. <laughs> the quiet unsettles me. It isn't calming to me. Um, no, I need to, for me, a recharge is usually like me doing something for me, which isn't quiet. It's usually like when, you know, I get my nails done. My preference is not to be by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'd rather be, and I, I, you know, part of it is too, I try to multitask and I try to pair things, right? So it's like, oh, okay, well, I need some self-care and I also need to maintain some friendships. So let's lump them together and I'll go get my nails done with a friend mm-hmm. and we can at least chalk it up for, now sometimes that has backfired because obviously it's like, you know, sometimes you can't do both. Mm-hmm. But I do find that it is much more difficult for me to sit down and quiet myself, you know, for for anything, really. Well, your exercise, your group X classes. Totally therapy for mm-hmm. me. Like, definitely a recharge for, you know, the, I will I will say from the perspective of absolutely it's therapy. I, but I also do find that there's an aspect of where I'm on, you know, so it's not necessarily a release in the sense where it's like it's not I'm still mentally kind of engaged so much to the point that it's not relaxing um that's not to say that i don't love it and i don't you know i don't come home yeah i come home on cloud nine from the endorphins like physically pumping from my you know through my body type of thing and the excitement and all the energy but it's definitely not like what hoka's describing from the perspective of like sitting down and grabbing your thoughts and i am trying to be better at that because i do think that it's i think everybody benefits from that you know that Mm -hmm. every night i'm like i'm going to wake up early and I'm just going to go sit outside, you know, like my mom and I have talked about earthing, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're not familiar with earthing, it's really just being out, no shoes on, you know, putting your feet in the sand kind of thing and just kind of being one with the earth and just kind of soaking up some vitamin D in the sun. So I'm trying to be better at that. Um, but it definitely doesn't come natural. I love being outside and I love doing stuff, but it's usually like, there's always an agenda. Mm -hmm. I'm an agenda person. You're like, okay, we're going to go to the pumpkin patch. We're going to do that, 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 that 69 things this second. There's like a lull in the energy. I'm like, let's go. Time to go. I got other things we can be working on. 
And my mom's like, don't you want to just go look at the pumpkins? Let's go look at the pumpkins. And I'm like, I don't even want a pumpkin right now. I just want to go. It's hot. I'm uncomfortable. It, I get restless. So that's something that for me, like when I ask my mom about the whole restlessness question, it's usually me talking about myself because I'm, you know, we have those kind of candid conversations where I'm like, I don't know why I feel like I need to do 69 different things. And mm-hmm. she's like, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, totally. As I got like, <laughs> you know, one armpit shaved, <laughs> you know, one <laughs> Uh, you know, eyeliner on one eye. I probably haven't showered in three days. And she's like, why don't you go and take it? And I'm like, oh, I'm fine. Obviously, I'm not fine. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm interested. You know, self-care, I find more recently is like a thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are promoting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like a, it's like almost like the second thing people talk about. You know, you obviously, you know, work out and eat well and self-care. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what is that? What's that category, that compartment? Yeah. yeah, you know, what does that look like? What is that? What are the, what are, what is self-care actually like, right? And so I've tried, I've asked a couple of people who are like, that advocate really strongly for it. And usually what they say is like, whatever brings you joy, whatever mm-hmm. recharges you, whatever mm-hmm. kind of like, so I felt freed up in the sense that it was, it didn't have to be like sitting down, praying, reading your Bible, journaling. Mm-hmm. I've tried journaling 59 times. I just can't get into it. I think the premise behind it is fantastic, but I'm like a list person. So then it's like, it turns into bullet points. 100%. And then I'm like, why start making a grocery list? <laughs> I straight up, then I start listing all the things I need to do because, because my journal becomes like my task list. Mm-hmm. And then I also start 10 of them at once, you know, cause I can't find them. Then I start to subcategorize them. So then I have a journal for this and a journal for that. I overcomplicate everything. So then it just becomes like, wait, what was I, what was the premise behind? Oh, this was supposed to be relaxing. Mm. Oh, then I'm going to burn all of them. So I have found that like self-care is like a thing we're all aspiring just as much as like that satisfaction, that kind of like fulfillment. And I can tell you that almost, I, I don't think I've ever met anybody that is, that just says, I'm just, I'm satisfied. Like, how are you doing? I'm satisfied. I'm fantastic. I mean, everybody that I talk to from the gym to friends to, you know, and all different aspects of life, they're like, it the, almost like, pretty quickly into the conversation they start listing the things they need to work on you know or you know you give somebody a compliment and it's like oh well yeah but i still need to work on this left butt cheek you know and you're like i I was just telling you that your shoulders look nice you know and they're like but my butt cheek and you're like okay you know or your kids are so well behaved well wait till you see them tonight you know it's Mm -hmm. totally different i feel like maybe it's a woman thing Mm -hmm. maybe guys don't really do it i'm not a guy so i can't i don't know but i was thinking like that restlessness and that dissatisfaction that we find almost coincides with like our insecurities, you know, and our um, hesitation to actually follow through with self-care because it feels fantastic when you actually do it. Like why we don't all just get massages and get our nails done more often. I don't know. So, but moving forward, I just kind of think like, I wonder why we don't think that we're worthy enough to take the time out of our schedule and actually do the Mm self-care. So that's why it's interesting to think about, what does self-care look like? So mom, um, what does self-care look like for you? Well, self-care for me through time has looked differently. Um, I don't advocate drinking a lot of alcohol. That was one (laughs) of my (laughs) self-care techniques. Uh, The next morning was pretty awful. So now I am pretty selective then in what I do. And one of them is yoga and breathing exercises which once you learn how to do them, they are absolutely wonderful. And the yoga teacher I have is wonderful. We do 10 minutes for our hour yoga class. So 10 minutes 
is just in breathing. Mm. And so that just settles you down. I really advocate that. Of course, that's when you can use essential oils to change the atmosphere. I also go to a sound therapy class where um, we use crystal bowls and uh, Tibetan bowls and gongs. And that's an hour class. And that is absolutely wonderful because of the frequencies, you know. And again, that's what my path looks like, mm-hmm. you know. And of course, prayer is right there. And affirmations are important. Mm-hmm. I I pray every day and I speak at positive affirmations every single day over my myself, my husband and my family and my neighbors. And that is, I don't start a day without that. Mm-hmm. I do not start without my affirmations. And so those are just some of the things, the earth thing, being part of the earth, standing on the earth, sitting, you know, just being out in nature is so vital. If I'm not outside at some part of every day, I don't feel well. So we're blessed in Southern California to have weather to be able to do that. And now I'm looking at cooking and I always despised cooking. Cooking, of course, again, is is a relaxation or a wonderful gift for some people for me it was always this horrible task i have to read the recipe 89 times you know i just can't get it in my head so it's an adventure so i i would say part of your self-care should be adventurous you know and that's what i'm doing now but everybody has their own path and one of the things i used to think was if i didn't do something consistently for years then I was a failure. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I was a raw vegan for, I think I did it eight months. Well, I was a failure because I'm not a raw vegan today. Well, no, you experienced eight months of success as a raw vegan. You grew, you know so much. You know how to make food that's not cooked, you know? Literally, I I had a dehydrator on my stove, you know? So I would say to everybody, Everything's in a season and whatever you're doing in that season, whether it's crocheting or knitting or walking or hiking, I I did half marathons for a while. I'm a success. I'm a success. I did it for the season of time that I did it. It doesn't have to be the rest of my life. Mm. I love that. I I love that. Like, I just love the way you, you spoke about that, about being gracious with yourself when we try things and knowing when a certain season might be over and that's okay and that it didn't have to drag out into this long thing and because then that's where stress comes in and you know it just you beat yourself up and there you go again you know back at square one not being good enough so i really like that yeah what a good way to end the podcast mom you're fantastic yeah. well thank you for you having are me. a success and hoka i would tell you that you are a success too you, we are too. we are successful in, at being us yeah right i think we're just successful being us and shane you too Thanks our sound guy slash hoka's husband um, so I guess that's, um, I don't know. I, I feel like you just, you ended on such a, a good point. I'd hate to rob that clarity. So, um, I guess, you know, mom, thanks for coming. Yeah. Hoka, thanks Thank for being here. Thank you. And, uh, thanks for listening guys. We'll see you next time.